I said last week from this pulpit that in a certain way, the whole first half and a bit more of the church year has been about showing forth the doctrines of God and his love towards us, all in the person of his son, Jesus Christ. I continued with, Trinity season presents us with the question of how are we going to respond to that love? So the first half of the year and a little bit more is God saying, hey, I love you through doctrine, through the incarnation, through Christ's ministry, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension. Trinity season, which we're now in, presents us with the question of what is our response? How are we going to respond to that love of God? I concluded with, at the end of the sermon, let us go out to the world to be the love of Jesus to our neighbors and our communities that they may see the face of God in the face of Jesus, in the face of his people. That's you and me. Father Blunt says this of our epistle lesson today. The subject of active love is again taken up on this Sunday. The epistle coming from a preceding chapter of St. John to that used on the previous Sunday. Active love. I love it. It's a great phrase. One that I've used for years. But I think um, I actually got it from Dostoevsky and his book Brothers Karamazov and not from Father Blunt. Although I like the way Father Blunt has brought it out as well. This phrase, active love, helps to distinguish the kind of love St. John is talking about from the other loves of the Greek language. There are a number of other words in the New Testament that we translate with the English word love. The one John is using exclusively in this week's epistle. So when you read love in the epistle um, and in last week's epistle, you're seeing every time the Greek word underneath that English word love is agape. This Greek word is helpfully described by Blunt's use of the phrase active love. And active love means doing. It's action, right? Active. It doesn't mean feeling. doesn't mean emotion. Feelings most of the time accompany this doing of love, but they are not the definition of agape. Actually, if we are actively loving our neighbor and our enemies, as Jesus tells us, the feeling that accompanies such loving might actually be very interesting and not always warm and fuzzy. To love your enemy is not a cuddly moment. It's a moment of grace. It's a moment of reaching out of yourself. But it doesn't necessarily feel nice the doing we are speaking of in this idea of active love the active part in other words has the best interest of the other in mind this doing this action is most often a self-sacrifice putting others in front of oneself yesterday I used the um, anecdote that you've heard me use of my son Aiden. I was really sorry he wasn't there to hear it yet again. Uh, of how does he put his sisters before himself? 
And he was very confused. He's like, Dad, that means I'm always last. Now you're getting it. That's the idea. Turn to our epistle lesson, if you would, with me. Uh, on page 820 of the Pew Bibles, the Black Pew Bibles in front of you. Um, we're looking at page 820, and we're looking at the first letter of St. John, chapter 3, verse 13 and following. St. John says, Do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. We know that we have passed from death to life because we love the brethren. He who does not love his brother abides in death. Let's read the latter part again. We know that we have passed from death to life because we self-sacrifice for the brethren. He who does not self-sacrifice for his brethren, for his brother, abides in death. St. John makes it very clear how this works. It makes self-examination helpful, doesn't it? Oh, I know we don't like to do it. We don't like to look into our hearts. That's the hard part. But sitting down and reflecting on how many times we've actually taken the opportunity to self-sacrifice for our spouses, our children, our friends, co-workers, etc., is not terribly difficult to do. Verse 17 makes it very clear. Whoever has this world's goods and sees his brother in need and shuts up his heart from him, how does the love of God abide in him? It's a rhetorical question. It doesn't. The love of God does not abide in your heart or my heart if we shut up what we have to give those in need. Continuing in verse 18, My little children, let us not love in word or in tongue, but in deed and in truth. And by this we know that we are of the truth and shall assure our hearts before him. Our encouragement, my friends, our confidence in our place in God's household is bolstered when we participate in active love. We abide in Christ, and Christ is in us when we are doing his commandments. Doing, active, not when we're emotionaling, not when we feel warm fuzzies, not when we have a great little feeling. It's when we're doing things, when we're loving others, when we're considering others as more important than ourselves when we love with active self-sacrificial love my pastor growing up used to say hey the last look at your friend look at your spouse look at your brother or sister the last time you self-sacrificed for that person was the last time you loved them maybe not the last time you felt emotional about them or had warm feelings but the last time you loved in the way in which christ loved us was the last time you self-sacrificed for them. Again, visiting a theme from last week's sermon and before, and continuing in the theme of Pentecost, by this we know that he abides in us by the Spirit whom he has given us. Obviously, my friends, the power of our active love is the presence of God in his Spirit in us. 
That is the place of power from which we can self-sacrifice. So may we not may we not quench the spirit within us. May we seek to be active in our love and leave feelings behind as the motivating factor. The feelings will follow. They they will be just don't worry about feelings. Act from the heart and the will, not the emotions, but the will of what we are called to do. Remember verse 13, do not marvel, my brethren, if the world hates you. This is not to be surprising. And right now, this seems to be a theme in American culture. Christians are not the most popular people around. The church is not important to our society right now. Yet, if we do our job, if we allow the Spirit within us to empower us to active love, Jesus and his church can once again be important in our culture. The psalm for this morning is a good place for us to end today. It is a psalm about active love. Allow me to quote, Lord, who may abide in your tabernacle? Who may dwell in your holy hill? He who walks uprightly and works righteousness and speaks the truth in his heart. He who does not backbite with his tongue, nor does evil to his neighbor, nor does he take up a reproach against his friend. In whose eyes a vile person is despised, but he honors those who fear the Lord. He who swears to his own hurt and does not change. He who does not put out his money at usury, nor does he take a bribe against the innocent. He who does these things shall never be moved. Amen.